0: This is Dennis Ramondi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg. Our podcast, Spirit Matters Talk, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, back on the show, by popular demand, uh, Mirabai Starr. She is a mystic scholar. Um, She's uh, a brilliant speaker. She gives courses. Uh, She writes. And uh, and she is an expert on uh, the uh, female spiritual guides, the spiritual mystics. Uh, from uh, various traditions, and uh, welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, Thank you both so much for inviting me. And
0: and I also wanted to add that this is uh, March 23rd, I believe, 2020, so we're in the midst of a a pandemic. Uh, I am in Iowa. Phil is in Los Angeles. Mirabai, where are you?
1: Taos, New Mexico, where where I live.
0: We're all pretty much shut down and shut in, and we're hoping for a, a brighter tomorrow, uh, and in any event, I just wanted to let people know whenever you're listening to this, you might be listening to this two years from now, uh, uh, give you the context of where where we are and uh, what's going on. So, Phil, yes. go ahead. Uh, yes,
2: Amira. by thanks again for coming on the show. Um, we reached out to you because of the circumstances Dennis just described, these incredibly challenging uh, times that we live in, uh, with everybody scared and hunkered down, and um, you have uh, now the world's record for appearances on Spirit Matters. i on.
0: What is that record, Phil? Four.
2: This is her wow fourth appearance, and uh, no. we we reached out to you because I saw that you have. Uh, a course coming up on the uh, Shift Network in just uh, eight days—no, five days from now on Saturday, so we'll March, March 28th—we'll put it up. But we want—I wanted uh, because of the times we live in. I thought your voice uh, and the course that's coming up would be a uh, useful and uh, healing presence uh, for our listeners. And we're hoping you can uh, share some of the wisdom of the great uh, female mystics um, and uh, give people some more than comfort, but some really good advice. So first, perhaps uh, you can tell us about the course that's coming up. We might as well hear about that.
1: Oh, that's so nice of you to ask. Um, You know, I have to open the the email to see how how we're even wording it because I can't quite I have remember. It. but
2: It says okay. Rece- receive the sacred blessings of Saint Teresa of Avila, Mary Magdalene, and the goddess Durga with mystic that's scholar true. Mirabai Star.
1: Good. Receive the sacred blessings. That's that's nice. The Shift Network comes up with the languaging, and they're they're usually really good at it. Yeah. Sacred blessings of Saint Teresa of Avila, Mary Magdalene, and the goddess Durga you know, we could have picked any number of wisdom beings, women, uh, mystics, and goddesses. And in, in many ways, they're interchangeable because the, the wellspring that they're drawing from is, is kind of a unified uh, space of, that's comprised, I would say, of, of loving kindness mixed in with spicy, subversive, uh, fierce truth-telling. And that—that's the mixture (laughs) right now. I think that we need, you know, when you when you ask about advice for people during this time, in some ways, I feel like that that language is uh, an artifact of the masculine paradigm that says, Hmm. "Okay, here's a problem, and here's the solution. So let's get to it." And there's something about the feminine wisdom space, the heart. The the female heart, which resides, by the way, in all of us, clearly in the two of you, every time I speak to to you guys, you know, Phil and Dennis, I I get this sense that here are two semi-privileged white dudes who are voluntarily stepping aside from their place of power and listening deeply to the voices on the margins and centering those voices. So I really bow to you for all the ways that you... Do that. It's no accident that you've had the likes of me on four times because (laughs) you're really listening (laughs) to what to what um, to the voices that that have previously been been sidelined or marginalized or even silenced. So there's something in all of us that is that feminine wisdom heart that resides in people I feel of all genders and no gender identification, but nevertheless is a deeply feminine space that understands that, that we don't always get to know and to have solutions and to have it figured out. In fact, unknowing is in some ways the holiest uh, state that we can enter. And like the feminine is the, is about the mystery. She's at home with ambiguity, with liminality, with not knowing, and oh my God, that's where we are right now with this global pandemic. Again, like Dennis said, regardless of when you might be listening to this recording, you need to know that right now we are in a time of radical not knowing. We don't know how, what kind of destruction is going to be left in the path of this virus as it sweeps across the globe. Already there, there is tremendous suffering for some people, for many people. But it's all—we don't know how long we're going to be confined to our homes, and and that the economy is going to come crashing down. It's it's a very, um, very interesting time of global dark night of the soul. Dark night of the soul being that
0: Mirabai, if I could ask. A family member uh, said to me that their feeling was this was happening because uh, Mother Nature, the Divine Mother, was upset with how human beings uh, treated the planet, how they treated each other. And it was a punishment, but like punishing a child, the goal is to uh, get them going in the right direction. Um, Your thoughts on that and also how some of the great, uh, women mystics of the past might have uh, responded to uh, uh, that, that observation
1: yeah well at the, um, with all due respect to your family member who suggested that and I've certainly been hearing a lot of versions of of that story that, that mother nature is pissed off and so she's shrugging us off she's wiping wiping us out or th- to the extent that that this is you know endangering people's lives. So that we can, she can cleanse herself of the parasite of human beings who have done such harm. And I, it's easy to go there. I totally get that the um, logic behind that that's that narrative. And my deep heart sense is that the divine mother is unconditionally loving and forgiving, and would never intentionally cause suffering to her beloveds to her children so if we take what's happening as a, a natural environmental reality you know this this virus is is a, a natural organism and this is what's happening right now shit happens and we how we respond to it as a human community is the key you know and you, you ask about the women mystics and who immediately comes to mind, is Julian of Norwich. And Julian of Norwich was a medieval English anchoress. That is, she she walled herself up in a stone cell called an anchorage, attached to the Church of St. Julian in Norwich, England in the in the 1400s. I um, don't even know what her real name was, in fact. People call her Julian of Norwich because of the, her proximity to the Church of St. Julian, but her biography is uh, is virtually unknown except that she left a record of a series of visions she had on her deathbed. She didn't die, but it appeared that she was going to die. Interestingly, Julian lived through three rounds of the plague of the Black in Europe. Julian experienced tremendous suffering all around her and probably lost close to 50% of the people she knew and loved, including... We don't we don't know her exact biography, but a lot of research has been done to indicate that she may very well have lost her husband and at least a child. Hmm. And my sense is that when Julian was dying, she was dying of a broken heart. You know, as as a bereaved mother myself and someone who sits with many bereaved parents, I know well that feeling of no, it's not. This earth is not a place I want to be in without my baby in it. You know, It's it's unbearable to continue living often in the face of the death of our deepest loved ones. And I think that's where Julian was. She was dying of a broken heart. But in her near-death experience, a priest came to actually administer last rite and held a crucifix. Here we are, a bunch of, of Jews talking about this beautiful <laughs> Christian metaphor. Not all yeah. of us. Okay, no. that's right. You grew up Catholic, right?
0: I'm a recovering Catholic or whatever I am, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so but uh, to me, go Catholicism ahead. Catholicism has the goods, you know, the, the deep mystical tradition. So the priest holds the, the crucifix over Julian's face as she's, you know, seems to be taking her last breaths and says, gaze into the, the countenance, to the face of your beloved of Christ as you take your last breaths as you leave this world and you will go straight into his arms, which sounded I'm sure like a great uh, deal to Julian. And so she did, she gazed at the crucifix and everything around her disappeared. She thought she was dying and he came alive and began to teach her, speak to her and show her every nuance of his passion. And what he showed her was that his suffering and his dying was, she uses words like friendly, loving, courteous, warm, homey. (laughs) These are, this is the language that Julian uses. By the way, she was the first woman to write in English and one of the first people to write in English. Hmm. She was a contemporary of Chaucer. And so the, she, learned from these series of what she called the showings, the revelations of divine love, these these visions, these 17 visions that, that Christ gave her, was A, Christ is not a he, but a she, Christ the mother, hmm. and B, there is no such thing as sin, because the heart of the beloved is only love. And so, yes, we suffer for our miss, what do we call it in Judaism, missing the mark, Um we suffer the consequences of our of certain actions that are unconscious, that are unkind. But why, she says, would an unconditionally loving mother then punish us later, like in an afterlife, for what we've already had to to deal with um, and suffer for in this life as a result of, of some of our missteps, mm. both large and small. So I think that we could apply Julian of Norwich beautifully to this Current situation with, with our beloved mother, the Earth, who is not punishing us, but is, is experiencing some of the, the consequences of our harmful actions all over the planet, and I don't know if this virus is a result, you know, is an, an environmental artifact or not, but, but what we do as the beloved children of the beloved mother the divine mother mother earth is the key right now and i look around and everywhere i see us rising to the call to be loving connected human beings everywhere i everywhere i turn how how about you guys
2: i thank you for saying that um mirabai because i i've been interviewed on this myself i was just today and one of the things I'm concerned about is people taking refuge in spiritual uh, concepts like, you know, it's all God's will, it'll all be fine. And even, if I may, Julian of Norwich, who said, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And taking the, it's, I see people taking comfort in that, and I understand those kinds of feelings, or it's all karma, or you know, nature will work things out, and it can be an excuse for complacency—that uh, right. that it might all just take care of itself without my effort. But you know, perhaps the divine plan requires our uh, actions and our good thoughts, and, I, and so I'm glad you 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 say that, and and perhaps you want to um, elaborate a little bit on on being. Um, a, being okay in uncertainty and mystery and mm. not reaching. Do you know John Keats, the poet, uh, what his, his concept of negative capability?
1: Mm, tell us.
2: He said uh, he was talking about great art, but it could be just living life as a spiritual person. Uh, it's when you're capable of being in uncertainties, mysteries, doubts, without any irritable reaching after fact and reason yeah and that to me is a blessed way to be but how do you tell people how do you help people do that to be comfortable Mm -hmm. with uncertainty and the mystery because we don't know what's going to happen right now and people are afraid
1: yeah yeah that's that's a very delicate dance isn't it and You know, the thing about the feminine, I feel the feminine wisdom and the heart of of the feminine is that it's not complacent, just as Taoism, as you well know, Phil, you know, the Taoism and Wu Wei, the the Mm -hmm. path of creative quietude or however we might want to describe it, the path of Taoism has to do with being in the flow of the Tao, looking to nature for clues. And cues about how to behave most appropriately in any given situation, because nature knows how to do do that. Um, The way water knows how to flow through any kind of uh, around any kind of obstacles. But Taoism is not about uh, completely submitting to the way things are. In in a complacent way of non-action, it's it's not exactly non-action. It's about it's about creatively responding and deeply listening to what is rather than jumping in with all of our ideas and concepts concepts and constructs about what's broken and how to fix it. So the feminine is very much a Taoist space of leaning in to listen carefully to what is happening, to the voice of nature, to the voice of community, to the voices of those on the margins. And then, and only then, After allowing ourselves to rest in not knowing that, having that be our primary location of humility and listening, then we respond appropriately rather than ramming in with our, you know, our swords blazing.
0: Mm -hmm. Mirabai, uh, tell us about this course uh, that you're offering, beginning Saturday, March 28, 2020. And we will have this posted up before that. If those of you who listen after that, because we stay posted up, we'll have Mirabai's uh, uh, website and contact information you, so you can also hear about future courses. But tell us about the one coming up March 28th.
1: Mm, thank you for asking. So on March 28th, it's a free live webinar for an hour where I speak about three of my favorite wisdom beings. Santa Teresa de Avila, St. Teresa of Avila, who was a a really fierce and wild woman mystic with um, great gifts to share and has become my closest disembodied friend, I think, in in the world. And Mary Magdalene, who uh, understood about speaking truth to power and really suffered for it, but is finally receiving some of the recognition that she uh, deserves and is is having a huge impact on the lives of many women and and I think men as well right now as she comes back, surges back into the field. And uh, the goddess Durga, who is the fierce, compassionate divine mother in the the Hindu tradition. So the purpose of this free one hour video um, call is to invite people Not just to learn about these three great wisdom beings, but to actually step into a place of refuge with them. What I have found is that in my work with the women mystics and goddesses over the last few years, I have cultivated intimate relationships with these beings such that they have become like active allies on my path. Ancestors, spirit guides, wisdom sources, uh, who are there for me to guide me and to just comfort me when I need, when I'm afraid, when I'm uncertain. I take refuge in them, and so that's what this this uh, hour long offering on, um, on the 28th of March is about: is inviting people to share in those spaces of refuge that I have found. If from there, people are interested in going deeper Then I'm offering a, a 12-week course with the Shift Network that starts in mid-April and goes to the end of July, I think, something like that.
2: Um, Mirabai, since uh, this is a very interesting trio you're going to be uh, covering, um, the mm-hmm. last time we had you on, we were talking about your most recent book, Wild Mercy, and we talked a bit about uh, Teresa of Avila. Uh, and and um, now I'd like to ask you about Durga, since she, mm. she's she's in this uh, interesting company with uh, Teresa <laughs> and Mary Magdalene. Uh, people see images of Durga, and she's often depicted with great ferocity. Mm-hmm. Astride her, uh, often astride a tiger, uh, and. Um, how do you describe that ferocity and its use, and how do you reconcile that with Durga as refuge?
1: Yes, a really wonderful question, Phil. That I like to think of the sword that Durga wields as the sword of unconditional love, like the mm-hmm. sword of Manjusuri in, in the Buddhist tradition that cuts through illusion. But, but not just to be destructive like get out of here illusion <laughs> it's not it, it's not a, a smiting it's not like smiting evil which is more judeo-christian and islamic concept it's much more about removing the veil of illusion to reveal what is true which is unconditional love and to me that's what durga is and the fact that she's riding a tiger this ferocious creature over whom she has not dominion, not command, but they they are working in concert. So that you know, when we were talking earlier, just a little while ago, we were talking about not being passive, but be but leaning in and listening to what is. You know, to be present with things as they are, rather than as we think they're supposed to be. That's not passive. What, from that place, then we step into action. It's like a co-creative relationship with the universe. Right now, people are suffering. We are taking a breath to kind of reorient to this new liminal mysterious landscape. And then we're stepping up to see how we can make ourselves useful at a time when we're we're all needed to Mm. support each other. To me, that's the relationship between Durga and the ferocious wild beast that she rides, the beautiful, magnificent tiger is that they are together stepping into a, a space of suffering, of obstacles, of illusion, and and peeling aside everything that stands in the way of a direct encounter with love itself.
0: Wonderful. Beautifully put. Uh, <clears throat> Mirabai, we have time for a couple more questions, but I can't resist. I want to <clears throat> read something that Ram Dass, who recently left his bodily form, uh, said about you. uh, He said, like her namesake, the poet Saint Mirabai brings to her work an intense love of God and passion for the beloved. My guru said, love is the best medicine. Mirabai will help open up your heart to love. What a quote. A a few words on Ram Das, maybe. I know you were close with him and knew him since you were very young. Uh, Mm. maybe a few words about him
1: Mm, that just makes me cry to hear hear those words that my beloved ramda said about me you know just uh it's very humbling hi and he just he left before this crazy world pandemic has descended upon us He'd been one who would not have survived it um god what do i say about someone who's had such a huge impact on me, but on the world um, you know Ramdas is the heart of Ramdas 's entire body of teachings was about unconditional love, and in many ways okay here 's what I want to say in many ways, my connection with the divine mother is is the result or the fruit of a garden that i'd say Ramdas planted in my soul from a very young age. The whole path of Bhakti Yoga of of devotion for Randas it was all about Ma, about the mother, about the one who is unconditionally loving and fiercely protective, and will wake us up whether we like it or not, and um, and also will keep us wrapped in her arms so that it's not just a cruel kind of awakening. It's it, it is not a cruel awakening. It may be a um, a radical wake up, but it is it is um, softened and and supported by the loving arms of of a loving divine in the form of the mother. So Ramdas really bequeathed to me this deep connection with the sacred feminine across across the spiritual traditions. Because Ramdas, like me, was definitely uh, a cross trainer in the spiritual traditions, drawing deeply from many different wisdom wells
2: yeah i i was just thinking today i'm so glad you brought it up dennis because i was thinking i'm glad ramdas was spared this whole Mm -hmm. scene we're in but he's still with us in 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 many ways and one of the many sources of uh, wisdom that we can turn to at this time um mirabai uh, one last question um I'm so glad you were able to take the time because if ever we needed the the wisdom and strength and uh, love of the divine feminine, it's now. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say uh, as, as a bit of last uh, words to uh, people who are listening, uh, who are dealing with this new reality and are uncertain and afraid? What would mm-hmm. you tell them?
1: You know, there are so many beautiful online resources popping up. You know, I've been, I've been dubious about the effects of the Internet on, on culture um, over the last 10 years or so. But right now, all of a sudden, there are so many treasures to be found online because we can't meet in person. So, so look for them, be discerning about them. But there are spaces of prayer and community and spiritual practice Uh, And activism that are that are popping up that I think are actually making a difference. I personally am being asked all the time to step into these spaces kind of like this, this conversation with you guys today. Um, You know, I don't know anything. I don't know any more than any of you, but I'm very happy. To step up and share my heart during these times. In fact, speaking of Ramdas, by the way, I just got off the phone right before I, I got on the phone with you guys with Ragu Marcus, who's the director of the Love Server. Network Who we
2: Mountain. should add was is uh, the last person uh, we interviewed for Spirit Matters.
1: He just told me that. That's right. <laughs> I I gotta get off or I'll go I have to talk to Phil Goldberg mm-hmm. and Dennis. And he said, Oh, I just talked to them. So we just arranged to do a free online um, Ramdas legacy retreat because we do we do a live legacy retreat in Ojai, California yeah. every year and it would be canceled. It was for May. So we're gonna do a free one online in mid April. Um and it's going to be Randa's teachings on fear and anxiety and my, my Dharma talks and, and reflections on those teachings. So um, I'll, I'll send you the link as soon as we get it. And if you want to share it with your listeners, I think Great. it's going to be a full space
2: Great. together. Wonderful. Thank you, Mirabai. Thanks for taking the time. And we should let people know, in addition to your uh, upcoming um, Shift Network uh, course, especially want people who are tuning in after the courses um, off the, offline, uh, that uh, there's also this uh, new technology of pieces of paper being bound together called books. <laughs> called, <laughs> you can get books. Make and, yeah, and one of, the, one of the books you might uh, want to get is uh, Mirabai's Wild Mercy. Uh, which will give you a lot of wonderful uh, uh, wisdom and comfort uh, as you're uh, living in these secluded uh, periods of our lives. Mirabai, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it and uh, keep up the good work.
0: Thank you. And we will have uh, her website, everything posted up. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you
1: both, Dennis and Phil. And take care, everyone. Bye-bye. And,
2: uh...